Hey guys, this is Chris here. Just wanted to start the podcast off by just letting you guys know there's going to be a little bit of audio issues at the very beginning. Uh, we tried a new software and it just didn't work out as well as we wanted, but then uh, just hold tight. Ends up being a pretty good episode. Uh, for part one, we are going to have Keen and Nicole. We're going to talk about our Boston experiences and uh, even some tips coming into the weekend uh, to try to maximize the most fun you can have outside of just the racing. Um, but yeah, uh, thanks for listening and... Uh, yeah, welcome to the show. Welcome to the Beers and Miles podcast, where we talk about beers, miles, and whatever else we can manage to jump off topic with. My name's Chris, and uh, yeah, we are trying something new this time. We're trying a new platform. Hopefully, we're not going to do this janky thing where we're just having my cell phone hold up and we can listen from my cell phone. So uh, yeah, let's see if this quality ends up being all right. Or maybe this podcast won't record and I'll lose my mind and I'll cry. But my name's Chris, and I am gonna do what I always do. I'm gonna open up a beer. Beer that we're drinking today is Bodie from Columbus Brewing Company. It is a double India pale ale from Columbus, Ohio, where we currently are residing residing right now. Sorry, I can't pronounce anything. And uh, yeah, so I didn't pour worth a damn. If you can see guys on camera, it looks awful. But we're gonna do what we always do. And we're gonna introduce the podcast as yeah, if you guys are loyal followers, uh, all three of you, I would appreciate if you guys left us a review. We really do appreciate that. It helps us move up in the rankings. I think that's what it does on iTunes. And uh, yeah, leave nice comments, five stars. That's always great for us. If you like the podcast, you like the topic that we're going to be talking about today, share it on your story, tag us in it. I'll happily uh, repost and everything like that. But I think it's time to introduce some of my uh, favorite co-hosts. We start with bottom left, I think, on my screen. Hi, Nicole again. Hi. I, I logged into this thing, and I, like, got static, and I was Nicole the first time, and the second time I logged in, I was Nicole again, so that's why we're Nicole again. We, collect the collective we, we are all Nicole again. Hi. And then we have on our top right, or in bottom right as well, because uh, one's video and one's audio, we have... Keen, Keen is uh has an exciting week ahead of her, don't you? I do. It's my race week, um, so we have Nicole again, and we have Keen on the screen here, and Keen on the screen here. So I've been ready to run blind glass this weekend on Sunday. I'm very excited about it. The journey of tons of weeks finally ends this weekend. Super excited about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fall recoveries. Uh, drinking so fast. So fast. I'll take. I'm just gonna take that. I'm just. Gonna, that's all I have right now. Um, yeah, I, I feel like. Uh, so we had been chatting about this a little bit, and uh, we are also gonna have special guests coming toward the end of the podcast. Um, but we have our first major kick, kicked off last weekend with Berlin. And uh, we have the fall craziness. The only one I think is not going to be this fall is Tokyo, I believe. They got moved over to spring. So we have, I think, five majors in the next couple weeks, which is insane. So we have Chicago next week. And we have Boston following that. I think London following that. It's just going to be crazy. But seeing as, I guess, 
Boston tends to take all of the coverage and tends to have the most attention for most runners. Uh, We felt like it'd be a great opportunity to chat about Boston from people that have done it and done it right. And I'm talking about not just actually racing it, I'm talking about the entire weekend because the entire weekend is an experience and even getting there is an experience in itself. So I want to start it off to begin with, with a, we're going to start with this podcast going to be basically broken down as kind of a round table. So be able to answer these questions and it kind of gives the listeners an insight of how to get there, what to do when you're planning out, um, what to do that weekend, even some tips from people that have done it, just kind of uh, making the best out of the entire experience. And then from there, um, lessons learned, challenges faced, and uh, for one of us, we'll have later on a course conquered, which uh, scary thing about Boston is most people say it's it, it tends to kill you. So to have one person that says that they've conquered the course, it's going to be great to have that kind of insight. And uh, I know it helped me out when I first ran my first Boston. So let's start off with a little bit of an introduction to each person here. Um, let's start off with, uh, I guess, how did you get from just running your first marathon to getting to the point of Boston qualifying? I BQ'd in my first marathon. Um, And I didn't go for the first like qualifier I had. Um, I ended up qualifying again, um, right, you know, the year that my mom died. So I'm actually the only person on this podcast that has never actually finished the Boston Marathon. Um, I'm hoping to conquer it this year. I qualified for the 2016 race um, in a small town race and I had a blast and my mom was at mile 21 and my mom passed away um, that year and she was supposed to go with me. So I never actually made it to that Boston finish line. Um, But, you know, for people that are trying to qualify, like a lot of for amateur runners, like this is, you know, the big thing. This is like the end goal. Like this is like how you know that you've made it in running. So like all you have to really do, I think, I mean, all I had to really do was just get like really good at running the pace. Like it's not like you, you have to build to it. Like if you run like a four thirty marathon, like your next marathon is not going to be a BQ. Um, but you know, you just take some time off and take some time off for that marathon. And then you get to the point where like, you know, your 5k pace, which could be a BQ time ends up becoming your marathon pace. Cause you just keep working at it. Like some, some people, some people qualify in their first race and some people it takes like 10 years, but just keep going. And maybe you won't be an idiot and not finish your first Boston like me. Keen. Um, so I've ran Boston three times. I ran in 2016, 17, and 19. Um, I first qualified at the Cleveland Marathon Mostly for me, it was like working on my speed that spring. Um, I had like the long distance down and just really focusing on, you know, taking easy runs a little bit easier. Um, nowhere near what I take easy runs at now, but definitely a little bit easier. Um, and just working on more like up tempo runs. I was running like second pole in Cleveland, like every Tuesday and Thursday. Um, 
doing a lot of speed with them. So that was kind of like the big changing factor for me. Um, my marathon I ran the fall previous, I ran like a 340, I think. So I was pretty close to qualifying. It was 335 at the time. Um, and so once I hit that 340, I just had kind of like a fire under my ass to keep going and really push on. So big thing that I changed was just incorporating the speed, running with people. Um, having people that help me accountable, and that was uh, a big change for me to get there. <coughs> and then for me, um, I qualified my first time, uh, got into the uh, first corral first time, um, and I think, I guess my experience is very different than most people that are trying to. I think at that point, like, I came in with the idea of just like, I'm just going to do a marathon, and I'm don't even want to give a shit about doing Boston or anything like that. It just kind of happened. Um, but I think just from looking from other people, a lot of things that change is structure. Um, I think everybody likes the idea of qualifying for Boston. And uh, it takes a lot of effort for a lot of people. Um, kind of even putting in perspective of like, I've been running for about 16 years or 15 years at this point. So it does take its time to be able to get to the point where you're able to fit, like run that comfortably and even qualify pretty comfortably, even on your first time out. It does take more more time than most people think, um, especially as a new runner, and that's okay. Um, I think a lot of it just comes down to structure and making sure that you're getting time on feet and uh, be okay with not being successful at each time out. It's okay uh, because this distance tends to be a bit of a monster and uh it, it does that for everybody whether you are a first-time marathoner or you're kenani supakele or you're elliot kipchoge like each person has from the goat to the first-time marathoner everybody's faced blow-ups and that's okay And uh, I mean, we saw it from the. But like last year, last year Eliad's London was like two oh six something, which is like you know the world record being two oh one. It doesn't sound that far off, but like for that level, it t- definitely is. It's like, you know, being in like two forty five shape and running like a like a two fifty five. Like you're gonna be disappointed. From... Everyone blows yep. up. And even from this weekend, you have a uh, uh, Bekele who's who was trying to go after the world record and then goes out and gets third and runs like two oh five. Goes out in like sixty one or something for the first half and just as a tough yeah. tough second half Oof. and it's okay i i think uh <clears throat> i think a lot of people put it put a lot of pressure on themselves on getting that bq and uh i think it just comes down to you have the right for a lot of people they have the right day and they get it and uh then also uh don't leave it the chance because uh as a lot of people we've know have found out just because you quote unquote bq doesn't mean you actually bq which is something that's not really talked about well also yeah, I mean, this year the cutoff was insane. It was like seven minutes because of the 2020 race and, you know, those carryovers to 2021. But even on a normal year, I mean, like 2018, I, I finally thought to myself, I'm going to go in 2019. I, I'm i going to just have a good time. Um, and then they lowered the standards because, you know, so many people applied. So, like, even even on a good year, like, you, you don't want to qualify by, like, a minute. And it takes a lot of, like mental discipline to kind of get there but even five minutes wasn't enough this year but you know there are a lot of people that are sitting 2021 out kind of 
not super happy about it. Um, and I, I get where you are and I, I, I get it. <laughs> I do. But like, don't let that be the end of your thunder. Like, don't let that make you lose your fire. Keep going because, you know, you'll get your your jacket and your unicorn and your clout that comes with running Boston, I suppose. Boston isn't the be-all end off for somebody's running career. <laughs> it's okay. It's like, it's, it, it's a great experience. And I think it's cool to have things like this in our sport that does bring people together like that. Uh, but it's not the definition of a months and months or years of years of training. It's awesome. Yeah, I mean, all of these majors have their own, you know, quirk, right? Like, Tokyo is really hard to get into um, because they don't, you know, they just, like, kind of give everybody equal shot. Like, London's really hard to get into because they mostly put their ballots in the UK. And so, like, if you're international, you're probably not getting in unless you do charity. Berlin is really easy to get into, but, you know, it's an it, it's an experience. Then you have the U.S. majors like New York and Chicago, and they have their own quirks, too, right? Like, New York is a hard course. It has the Queensboro Bridge. Chicago is really flat, but there's, like, the whole back end that's, like, dead man zone where you don't have anyone cheering for you. Boston, I feel like, is just never really like that. Like, I feel like Boston's kind of like, you know, it, it has more of an elitist kind of mentality to it because you do have to qualify. Um, and, like... It is kind of like, you know, it's like an amateur thing, but it's like, like I was saying before, some amateur people, like some people are never going to OTQ and that's okay. But, you know, Boston might be like their end goal. And some people just want to do it every single year. And, you know, the charities, like the impacts that the charities have on the community for Boston, it's awesome. It's like, I can see why people really want to come back every single year to Boston. Um, but, you know, any major. Any major is going to be huge for you. So even if you're not running Boston and you're just listening in because you want to do Boston someday, you'll get there. Um, and, you know, if you do every major, more power to you. Uh, I hope that there's one day a six-star medal waiting for you to finish. But I think even even to the point <coughs> with that is like, I don't know, they're, they're just so, um, yeah, I, I just, I tend to have kind of a not a negative connotation like have a negative feeling towards like just boston but i i love boston experience i i think it's what made me fall in love with the running uh but it does tend to discourage a lot of people and uh i don't think it should i think it's a it's a great experience and i think marathoning in general is a great experience and uh yeah i mean i think that you're not you're gonna find for every like one or two people that are just really loud on social media that are screaming like you can't do charity, you're not a real runner, or, like, you know, if you squeak by in qualifying, you're not a real runner, like, those people are really loud, and I get it, but for every, like, two people that there are that are like that, there's, like, 100 and 200 people supporting you on your journey, and, like, no matter how you got in, even if, like, Adidas handed you a bib themselves, like, there's, everyone's still gonna celebrate you, because running a marathon, I mean, when you're running through, like, the scream tunnel and stuff, like, they're not going to care how you got there. They're going to care that you're running. They're impressed. They're they're like, you're awesome. You're running a marathon. So, you know, if you're a first-time qualifier still looking to qualify, don't let that discourage you. Don't let the elitist mentality bring you down. Don't let the bastards bring you down um, because, you know, it's still going to be a good experience when you get there. Um, and even if like you have to raise money to get there and that's kind of like your, you know, end goal, it's still a really hard thing to do. Um, cause their fund fundraising minimum is like five grand. So like, 
no matter how you get there, you worked your ass off. So it's a day about celebrating. Any marathon that you run is a day where you celebrate you. And I think that like that is kind of how, because I ran, you know, like a, I think I ran like a 338, um, my first marathon, because qualifying at the time was 340. I'm old, um, <laughs> running marathons well. And I didn't qualify again for a few marathons. And I think it was because I put so much pressure on myself to get to Boston and like prove to myself that I deserved to be there when it's like the second I stopped caring so much is the second I actually got fast enough to, you know, go and qualify and make it to the start line. So, you know, just I think the mentality of it, it's intimidating um and coming from somebody who's been kept out several years by a cutoff time like it's it can be intimidating but um like if you kind of go in knowing that like you know it's going to be there for you and it's going to happen at the right time for you and don't put so much unnecessary pressure on yourself that everything needs to be perfect because it never is in a marathon something always goes wrong it's like a wedding right like no one has a wedding day without something going wrong um and like a marathon is the same way. Like you just got to roll with the punches and you have to go out there with the A goal, like an absolute A goal. Like, yeah, you have your time goals, but like your A goal should always be to go out there and have a freaking blast. And if you lose sight of that, then you might not qualify. So just like go focus on having a good time and just like Boston, go focus on having a good time and go in thinking I'm going to get some energy from Heartbreak Hill and I'm going to go, you know, roll through Newton and I'm going to go the downhill start. I'm going to go nice and easy, but I'm going to have a good time. Those Wellesley girls. I mean, we're not supposed to kiss them this year, but you can kiss them in spirit. Just go have fun. I'm sorry. I just had that because <laughs> I'm really passionate about this. Yeah, I, I would agree. I would say it's a little bit of out there thing because uh, I might post this on uh, some of these groups, but, uh, I'd say take, uh, don't take to heart a lot of the stuff in, like personally, if I, if I had the opportunity to, as a newer runner, I'd stay away from the Facebook groups and stay away from Let's Run. Uh, just because there is, I mean, there's some good things, like there's trading threads that are fantastic on either one. There's, there's great things on Reddit, things like that, that I've like gotten really cool information from and like met a lot of cool people from. Uh, but I'd say like, the worst of the worst, I think the loudest of the loudest and the people that tend to discourage you from actually doing these kind of things tend to be in those groups. Uh, and it's something that discouraged me from wanting to do Boston in general uh, until I got to Boston and realized that it's an entire community and it's an incredible place. And um, it's the reason why I'm doing it again. The reason why I'm so excited to do it again. Um, but Keen's done it three times. Keen's had that experience there. So what brought you back? Um, I personally love Boston. <laughs> I think it's like such a prestigious thing to be able to run it um, and to qualify for it. And I know a lot of people work really hard. Um, and I qualified the first year and then qualified again in the fall. So I'd already in one year, I qualified for 16 and 17. Um, and so you have to sign up pretty early. Um, you have to sign up that fall to be able to run for the following year. Um, and so I don't know. I was just really excited after my first year. It was a really hard course. It's obviously some people go and they PR on it, um, but it's more for the experience, I think. 
Um, I don't think I'll ever be able to PR on it because I don't have the training terrain of Boston. Um, but just going there the whole weekend, everybody in Boston like thinks you're the most awesome person ever because you're running a marathon and you're running the Boston Marathon. People like bend over backwards for you. Um, I remember after the race, someone like brought me a blanket because I was cold. Um, you just feel like a true superhero in that city after the marathon, um, when walking around with your medal and your, um, you know, your, your sheet blanket on or whatever they call them. Um, and so it was just that whole vibe of the weekend, just like feeling like super cool. (laughs) I mean, honestly is what it was, um, that brought me back. And then 2019, um, my best friend Lindsay and I had been training together from 2014 on, um, and we always talked about running Boston together. So that was her first year qualifying. Um, so we went back together, um, 2018. Um, I don't, I think I missed qualifying by like a minute, so I didn't end up going back. Um, but that was why I didn't run in 18, but it was good to have a break. Cause it made it like really exciting again. Um, so I think like having those kind of down times is nice too. And Keen, you didn't have to run that shit, shit day. I know, it worked out really cold. well. <laughs> it's a blessing. I forgot I ran that <laughs> spring in 2018. Um, but in the, I ran Sim that, or I ran Fargo that spring and had my PR. So I had perfect weather that morning and it was awesome. Um, and yeah, then I did Sim in the fall, which was a lot of fun too. So had a whole whole year of perfect racing weather. It was like 40s and you know, a little windy in Fargo, but it ended up working out. But yeah, I had, I got to miss the horrific weather. I always go to Boston and it's like 75 degrees. So that's always, and it's always bright and sunny and (laughs) I have sunburns after and lots of chafing and all the, all the fun stuff. But yeah, 2019, I, I ran for fun. Um, like stopped and drank beers, had a whole different experience, which was, which was a lot of fun too. So, um, definitely recommend that, you know, if you, if you just want to get to Boston and like, don't feel like you're up for racing it, like going out and just enjoying the experience and stopping along the course and taking beers at all the colleges. And like I did jello shots and I did um, like popsicles. It was like a blast just having fun out there. So highly also recommend that if you just want to have fun. Man, I, I'm jealous of the experience. <laughs> It'd be like, it's like, hey, uh, you're going to have like Zach come on and be like, Chris, why did you run a, like a 630 mile? That'll be a marathon. beers. Well, they, 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 uh, it took me about 10 seconds to pour the beer into the glass and then about another about 10 seconds to drink the beer and then another about 30 seconds to try to breath this out. Sorry. I don't know. I wanted to have a beer. I was thirsty. Yeah. But you were in mile three. I was thirsty. I'm sorry. I was thirsty. You know, you really got to keep up your carbs, Zach. And about every three miles. When you, you need know, a beer, yeah. It's a thing. Exactly. 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 Um, this is called beers and miles, not just miles. Exactly. Back. Exactly. We'll we'll, we, uh, we'll send this over to you uh, after you come on. But uh, uh, pancakes did ask, and I wanted to throw this in: uh, Is Boston the the hardest uh, marathon major to qualify for? It's not, is it? Oh my God, no! Tokyo is 
So Tokyo gives you guidelines, right? Um, And it says, like, you know, for the women, it's, like, 320. And for the men, it's, like, you know, about the same as Boston. But they only let, like, 500 total athletes in or something like that. Or, like, 1,000 or something absurd. So, like, I think that the women's cutoff for Tokyo 2020, what was supposed to be Tokyo 2020, was, like, 309, 310. So, yeah. Well, that's, like, right there New York's like a Tokyo is really hard to get into. So that's like right there. Yeah. Yeah. But New York, you can qualify in the half, which kind of like, I mean, it's not, um, it's not easy to run yeah. a sub. What is it? 131. It's 132. And then I think like, it's not Berlin easy to run that like at all. Yeah. It's definitely not easy to run that, but. For women. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, but they let so many people in through Berlin lottery. Like you're probably going to get in. And if you don't, like, you're probably going to get I heard the hardest, <clears throat> the hardest lottery to get into is probably London. London is impossible to get into if you're a foreigner. So what they do, they set aside, so they have, like, you know, give or take 50,000, right? About 15, maybe 20,000 of those bibs are charity, charity only. They have tons of charities, though, which is very cool. It's the biggest charity event in the globe. Um, so it's super, super awesome. If you find a cause you care about London charity runners, get their own starts. There's like, there's three different starts at London. The charity runners have all the red start. So that's really cool. Um, and like a lot of charities will do like booths and stuff. So, you know, at the beginning of the New York city marathon, they give out like donuts, bagels, all that stuff. A lot of the charities will do stuff like that at London. So, you know, running charity is not a bad thing and there's no taboo in London. Um, but the ballot, like the rest of the places. So, they have about, you know, half of the places they delegate to the United Kingdom. Um, and the other half of the ballot places are everywhere else in the world. So your chances are slim. Plus, they also have, like, several thousand qualifiers that, you know, you can qualify for the London Marathon, but you have to be a UK resident. So you can't even qualify for it if you're international. You have to go through the ballot. So every single other country besides any of the United Kingdom, is all trying to get into this, like, 20,000 space lottery, and you just don't get in. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, like, really hard. I've done all the majors. I've finished all the majors except for Boston. And if I, I mean, I I got in through all lotteries for every single one. So I have this, like, insane lottery luck. But I actually did not get into London, and I raised money for charity and then got into London the next year um on on the ballot on the ballot place but I know people that have entered for like 15 years there's this girl I was sitting next to at the start that said she had been entering for 20 years and just got in and she was a UK resident so you know very hard and everybody cares about it in London like you know you're a superstar in Boston and a lot of the reason like you're a superstar is because you know no one most of the people in the city don't run the marathon a lot of people in the UK have run the London Marathon because they allow, like, they have, like, a pace group for, like, eight hours. Like, they have people that are on their feet for, like, 12 hours and they let them finish, and I think that's great. Um, but, yeah, this is about Boston, not London. I'm sorry. I'm, like, really talking <laughs> today. You've done... Uh, I haven't been... You've done almost all... You've done all the majors. Like, you've been at all the majors, so... That's an yeah. insight that not many people could actually have, so... Um, and, and Ms. Keen just put in the chat, uh, for like, 
I figure I, I just I speak to it as though it's just somebody that's trying to qualify for Boston. I'm pretty sure that I can probably get into every one of those relatively easy at this point. Um, I think it's sub two forty five for Berlin, like from what Keen put in there, and it's probably like sub thirty two thirty. I could probably get into each one of them, but I think for like just overall for everybody, it's probably London. From what I hear, it's probably the hardest one to get into. Yeah, but London is the best race. If you ever get a chance to go, like, I don't usually get super emotional during marathons. Um, Like, I never really have, like, outside of, like, you know, mile 21 of Boston, where I I was supposed to see my mom. Like, that, that was the only time I've ever really gotten emotional. But there's this one part of the London course where you're like kind of on an embankment and then you turn the corner and then like all you see is tower bridge in front of you like this beautiful like stone bridge with like these like blue and there's just like a wall of people screaming at you like all sorts of you know good luck motivational things and like I just started bawling my eyes out like you can see in my photos like visible tears because I'm like oh my god like this isn't I'm I'm getting emotional talking about it now. I feel like there are definitely parts of Boston that are like that for a lot of people too. So I think that's like another one of the things that keeps people coming back. Cause like even if you don't stop on the course and like drink or like have fun, like even if you're just racing, like I feel like, you know, there are parts of I would say I would argue that there are parts of every marathon major that like change you just a little bit. So like I I actually got a question um good segue people are people say like (laughs) what is the part of boston that sticks in your heart the most i'm not going to answer because i haven't finished so that's that's all you (laughs) keen you're first sorry come off mute over here uh um (laughs) it sticks in my heart the most i think the first year um that was when I had started training with that whole second soul group and there was like a group of fast runners that were in like the group above me and they like asked me to like ride this bus with them um that they rented and just like hanging out with them before and like being at the start line with them and then like showing me around and um you know giving me all the tips and tricks like all right go to the bathroom and then get back in line to go to the bathroom and then we're gonna go to the start line like I don't know, just like being with them that had already run Boston so many times and like seeing how excited they were for this race. Um, just the very start of it all, I feel like really, really sticks with me. Obviously the fun marathon also sticks with me, like all those parts do. Um, and finishing with Lindsay was awesome. Um, especially when she was pregnant with twins. Um, but I, I think there's like kind of something about each of the times I've done it that, um, you know, I've had like a memory of, um, but yeah, I would say that like first time, like being at the start line, that those feelings and being with people who were there and had already done it and were like so excited and supportive of me as well. Really is the people like, it's so interesting to see like the people that have done it regardless of like how long it's been, it's, there's simply kind of excitement for it. Like I remember sitting in uh sitting in portland uh portland maine um and i'm having lobster like lobster because i'm gonna go gonna go and have my my fill of like seafood uh before boston 
Uh, and I had Zach call me, and before that that point, I've just it's a guy that I've known for ten years, and <clears throat> the excitement's like you're doing Boston, like here's this this and that this is what you should do, and it's like that's something that like that really made it exciting for me, and uh, then from there like um, even just seeing friends that I haven't seen in years, so like I remember. I was like getting to the line and I see my buddy Russell there ran against in college. And then mile eight, I see uh, a guy that I knew, Paul, and his running with the That Spine Track Club, which is so funny because I wore this That Spine Track Club jersey for my first marathon. So it was like just seeing those guys just like running together and having a great time. And then I think it was like mile 18 or mile 17, I see, I don't know how I caught him. Uh, Kyle, I, I saw him. I saw two of my friends. I, saw, I think I saw Corey Purcella, the guy that I ran against at Pona Pitzer, and I saw Sebi, and he ran for Oxy. And, like, guys that I ran against in college, and I somehow managed to pick them out in the crowd while I'm running a marathon in a city that I've never been in. And just, like, craziness. And then these two guys I remember running against, and running with the entire time, and I, um, afterward I was like, guys, like, they're all like, good job, man, good job. And they're like, Guys, like, can I get a picture with you guys? Like, you guys helped me out so much to the end of that race. And I don't know, there's a kind of camaraderie when you're running with that many people. And I haven't had that. Like, even at Columbus, like, I didn't have that kind of camaraderie if it's, like, a giant group of people running around your time. I think that's another thing about these majors, too, is, like, there's very few times where you're actually going to have the opportunity to be able to run with a lot of people around your time. Whereas, like, you go to a lot of these regional races or, like, smaller races... You may end up being like the high, like you may be up, end up being like top 10% or top like 3% of your race or even winning it. And now, like, you're in a group of people that are all running around your times. That's super cool. Like, I was, that's something that's always like held on to me. And that's the reason why, like, I keep doing these majors. And that's like why Boston's so exciting to me. <laughs> I'm not. I. I just like. I don't feel good about answering because I haven't actually finished. Boston but it brought ever. you back. I. Have, like, I have like. Yeah, I mean, it brought me back because I wanted to get six stars. I'm honestly not sure I'll ever do it again. Um, we'll see. I say that now, but you know, I. I also said that about Chicago, and like every once in a while, I'm like, oh, maybe I'll come back and get a revenge race. You know. <laughs> so we'll see I mean for me it was it's actually like really traumatizing um like I'm really nervous I've like gone I've grown a lot though as a person since the last time I was like supposed to finish Boston um you know like grief is just such a weird shitty thing um and it can make you kind of like freak out about things that are really not that intimidating and you know the the one thing that like the one kind of common theme here is that like you know despite people being dicks about it and being elitist and despite like it being kind of hard to qualify for like it's just a race and you know we all have experiences that are not so great with certain races and Boston is my uh 
Boston is my Achilles heel. You know, like all it ever has done is has reminded me of my mom dying. So I've never gone back. And, you know, I think that this is going to be kind of like a weird closure for me. And I just got really, really weak <laughs> on the Boston Marathon podcast. And to our three listeners, I am so sorry. But, you know, there are things that you can do, I think, to kind of heal in your own grief and pouring myself in back into running after taking time off. You know, it was it was terrifying. But I think that, you know, looking back on it, I don't think my mom would have wanted me to sit Boston out forever. And something pushed me to kind of come back and finish it all there. So, you know, if you're ever grieving, running is a great place to kind of pour all of that into. And if you are, you know, just starting to run, or if you're, you know, just really getting serious about running, just thinking maybe I should qualify for Boston. Um, you know, if there's, if there are things in your life, like just go out there and dedicate, dedicate a mile to, you know, something hard, someone you miss, something in your life that, I don't know. I'm getting way <laughs> too deep. I am sorry. <laughs> I clearly haven't been around friends in a while. Um, so I am just talking out my ass, but you know, our three listeners have fun, have a good time. I love you all. <laughs> Leave us a good review, even though I've melted down on you multiple times this episode. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, I have that kind of feeling toward Boston too. It's the first, it's one of the few times I think in my running career I've ever had something break me and cause me to walk. I don't think I've ever walked during a race. Um, like even is that why you're going back? Yeah. Do you feel like you felt like you just have unfinished business there? Is that kind of what brings you back? So like, you let's say you go out and you crush Boston. Are you still going I I back? I well, I still want that. Uh, I still, I still have. It's still fun, and it's like the experience of it, and that's something we're going to segue into from here. Is uh, um. Yeah, I, I I love the that weekend itself was one of the best running weekends I've ever had in my life, uh, which has made me fall in love with this. So like, we'll segue into this going going into this like, because um, Boston is more than just Boston. It's Boston weekend, and I've had my experiences which is completely different than I think pretty much anybody that's taking like that's racing Boston has done I don't think that many people that are planning on racing Boston are going to do exactly what I'm going to be doing or have done I don't think anybody that's racing Boston has done that. <laughs> I know somebody who does exactly what Besides you. <laughs> and races <laughs> y'all are crazy I don't know how you do I it either. I have no idea I would just be like gagging all Godspeed. morning <laughs> it's uh so i guess i'll start with because i think i'm one of the most recent one that's actually done this or like had their first boston uh i went my first boston was 2019 and i went out there and i flew out to boston and i've never been to the east coast and so a little bit of history on me i when i was in middle school i wanted to move to boston 
Like, I I don't know why I was attracted to Boston, but I always wanted to move to Boston. It's how I became a Boston Celtics fan, how I became a uh, New England Patriots fan. Um, I think a lot of it was out of spite for, like, everything that hap- that L.A. is. Uh, it's very fickle, and I was like, I'm going to just get to cheer for, like, the city that's completely opposite of L.A. Uh, so I ended up being a Boston fan, and I wanted to move. Wait, 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 hold on. Did you listen to that Augustana song about Boston and you were like, yeah, this describes me. This is my life. Because, like, I'm pretty sure they moved from California to Boston. Were you just like, yeah, <laughs> like, I'm going to be a good emo. And I'm going to be go a good emo. God. <laughs> Close. <laughs> but it was, I, I, I've also, like, I've loved New England beer for a long time, too. So, uh, I guess the beers and miles thing does lend itself to be doing these kind of things. So, I flew into Boston. I took a rental car. I drove three and a half hours out to. It's. I flew in Friday morning. Drove three and a half hours out to Hill Farmstead. Uh, had a blast. Bought a couple cases of beer, uh, and then drove out to Portland, Maine. Where originally, if I had if I hadn't been an idiot like I usually am with the, planning these things, I would actually like the place that I wanted to get on Airbnb. And at that point, Airbnb was very cheap. Uh, was a $50 uh, Airbnb for the night, and it was going to be on a boat. Like, it was going to, like, I was going to sleep in a boathouse, like, on the water, and I was like, I was like, I'm so excited about this, but then they ended up taking that. So, I ended up sleeping in an Airbnb just down the way from, like, Portland, like, the the the, wa- the water side of that, and uh, I went out, got myself a, uh, I went to DeMillo's on the water, got myself a lobster, I uh, met a couple up there, and I had actually brought, like, a case of beer with me. So I was, like, just sharing beer with good conversation like I usually do. And uh, they're like, where are you going for this? And I'm like, oh, probably, like, I don't know. I'm trying to go to this, like, one of the best beer bars in the country called Navarro S. And they're like, well, let's, <clears throat> we'll join you. So I ended up going to a brewery, Liquid Riot, had a great time. Ended up going to Navarro S, had a great time. Ended up not remember going to the pizza parlor after that. And I woke up uh, about an hour before my uh, hour before I had to check out, which, amazingly enough, they had homemade scones and uh, a uh, fruit medley and like milk and like coffee in this little basket. It was the best thing I've ever had. I also felt awful. It was oh, so cool, and I paid sixty bucks for it. It was amazing. I was like, this is the greatest thing. And, and then from there, I went to uh, I, I went to. Bissell Brothers the next morning, uh, bought a bunch of beer there. Then I went to Allagash and I bought a bunch of beer there. And I met like six dogs. It was great. I was like me, like my entire Instagram story was me following around different dogs and like moving to hang out with the dog and meet their meet meet oh and God. get their name. It was amazing. Uh, so like the entire weekend was like having fun. Like the entire first two days were just like having fun, having beers and having a great time. Came into the city. Got my bit, or uh, got came into the city, uh, picked up my parent, my mom, and my brother, and then from there, which is kind of like business as usual, pick up your bib and everything like that. But like mine was like, I'm gonna go out on vacation outside of it. I'm gonna go explore this beer mecca that is Portland, Maine, and then gonna come in and just see what I can do. Um, just because I was finally healthy for like a couple weeks, so I was like, well, well, whatever, what happens. So that was my trip. My trip was like. I don't want to be in the craziness of the city because I tend to get really nervous. So like, hey, let's get away from it for a little bit, really decompress, and then we go in. 
Hi, Theo. I was like, what is that noise? Yeah. Um, Chris, you must <laughs> listen to the song Portland, Maine by Tim McGraw. He's like, Portland, Maine. I don't know where that is. <laughs> it's pretty good. <it's> really <laughs> I'm going to put that on when I'm going through Portland again. But this time around, I'm actually like, I'm flying into Portland directly. I don't have a, there's no, actually no rental cars in Portland, Maine. I found that out recently. And uh, so I'm going to be taking an Uber out to different places, uh, collecting some beer and having a great time. And then I'm going to take a, uh, an Amtrak down to Boston. So that's my trip this time. I said, I think You've got your whole playlist picked out now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you have to put that song on it, don't you? Like, that's I'll, like I'll, put that, Boston, I'll, right? I'll put that. I'll put. I take a uh, picture of myself, like, right, like my head next to the like the train, and like put it in black and white, and then I'll put like the Boston song back, the Boston song in the background. Can you wear some eyeliner too? Because I'll, I'll Photoshop that in. Experience. I'm getting better at that. Okay. <laughs> so we, we we really need to know about your dedication to the Augustana emo. But were they really like emo though? I feel like they're more kind of yeah. like poppy than emo. Like they're, maybe like they're the like kids, they're they're know? pop. Uh, they're pop rock, like kind of like Hoobastank kind of thing. Oh, Hoobastank! There is a name I haven't heard in a long time. <laughs> Theo's just having a flaw. <laughs> Theo, what have you he learned said that about my the mom? Boston wouldn't pack Marathon? me in her suitcase, and I had to stay home for three years. <laughs> That's rude. And now I'm going to show you my butt. <laughs> Ray the Doggo is coming to the streets of Boston. Ray the Doggo is coming to the streets of Boston. Theo, if you would like to come and risk being eaten by Ray the Doggo, I'm but seeing, you can still come. Is that Theo butt? <laughs> right in the uh, butthole right in the video. Jeez. That is a hole. That is a... <laughs> that's where Keen, the magic happens. Keen. What? Not just the butt. Keen. What what would you say like what tips for people for the Boston weekend experience? Um tips. Try to stay off your feet as much as possible. Um I did the duck boat tour. That was a lot of fun. That was like something to like do that was, you know, you know, you got to sit and hang out, but like you're also like getting to see a little bit of Boston. I think they have a couple other tours that you can do too like on trolleys and stuff like that, that are like historical, which are fun. Um, I'd say be careful with like eating. Like there, like there's so much good food in Boston. And if you have a sensitive stomach, like just be careful with what you're eating before and like potentially save some good restaurants for after. Um, that was kind of like the two big things I had when I was like focused on like, I'm going to race this and like do well. Um, which was every time I went, cause I always went into the race thinking I was going to race it. Um, but yeah, just like kind of try to find some activities. There's like a lot of stuff to do where you don't have to be necessarily like on your feet around Boston. Um, and just, you know, being careful with, you know, not eating like a ton of like heavy buttered seafood and things like that. Um, but there's a lot of good cargo loading around the city. So that was also fun too. Lots of good, like pasta places and things like that. Um, save the cannolis for after, um, you know, after the race, that kind of stuff. That's just some of the tips that I would have. But as a, but as Josh Peck went, or is it, no, no, oh, damn it, Drake Bell said it. 
It was like something, something, take the cannoli. Oh, uh, leave the gun, take the cannoli. <laughs> yeah, leave the gun, take the cannoli. Dad does that like every time we bring him cannoli, so oh, yeah, that's how I know it. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, Mike's, Mike's <laughs> pastries and modern pastries. <laughs> Um, people like compare and say which one's the best in Boston, but you have to have cash at both. So make sure you bring cash if you're going to go try those out because they will not take card. And the ATM line is like forever or ATM is far away. So it just sucks to go try to get that. Also, like definitely go eat a hot dog, even just to hear somebody say the word hot dog in Boston because it's very funny. Like it, it makes my day. Yeah. yeah oh my god. Coffee. Gotta take take the coffee. Yeah, I have a whole like list of foods. So when we get to the foods, like I got some good stuff too. But that that those are my two. Definitely try the pastries. They're both good. I didn't really like. I liked Mike's better, but I don't know. Probably probably people are gonna come at me now. Who knows? <laughs> uh, if you have issues. No. I, I agree with you. Um, I did my Harvard tour and tried both, and <laughs> I agree with you. If you have a, if you have issues with it, send it to uh, beersandmiles.gmail.com. That's beersandmiles.gmail.com. <laughs> yeah, please don't put that in the reviews. Actually, if you leave a five-star review, yes. then you can tell us what to yeah, yeah. like Yeah, you can, you can, you will all take that. We will absolutely take that. Uh, we also, uh, uh, I'm not sure if you guys can answer this, if uh, you guys have your uh but steven fahey put who is on your boston marathon mount rushmore my boston marathon does oh, London like for sure it? or what or just mount rushmore for for boston just like yeah like who if you had to make a a boston marathon and put it where this the the sign goes if you uh, had to put like four people on it who would you put myself uh, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Theo the cat. Me, Theo. Barkley the dog. Theo. Shalane. No, I'm just kidding. And Shalane. Um, I definitely would say Des because that 2018 was, you know, it looked miserable. And Mev. I obviously wasn't there. Mev would be cool. It I'm gonna put, absolutely miserable. I'm going to throw Bill Rogers. It's a classic. I'm gonna throw Meb. Meb has yeah, to be on. Absolutely. Like Meb, the year after the Boston yeah. bombing and winning it, like and after like Nike said like you're washed up, like and he just you know. Told him you're yeah. washed, and he said, "No, I'm not." He said, Think again. <laughs> Fuck you. And then you win the marathon. Fucking <laughs> Skechers hasn't been done <laughs> since. Might not be done Definitely. again. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I don't know. Hyperburst is good stuff. You can get some oh, carbon. Integrate some carbon. Hyperburst from Skechers. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see a Skechers athlete win another marathon because all you see is Nike and Adidas. Um, I would think uh, Catherine Switzer. Yeah. Also. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. she was like the first woman to kind of sneak her way in there and. You know, I, I feel like we would have ended up letting. Well, she was the first actually, woman to run anyway, it, but just the bravery. Right? Wasn't there somebody else that ran before her? Right. That yeah. like I think she's the first Bob- one to get, that she got like pulled off Bobby? the course. I'm trying to. I'm googling over here. Bobby Gibb. Is that right? 
1966, she snuck in, and then no. Catherine ran it with an official bid in 67. So what we would say is Catherine gets on Mount Rushmore, but you have Bobby kind of like glaring at her in the background, <laughs> like that could have been me, dog. <laughs> there's, there's, it's, it's the duel in the sunset. Is that like I hate to, I, because I'm not gonna put him. I'm not gonna put him because I hate him, uh, and I think he's a piece of dog shit. Um, <laughs> oh and, yikes. And I think that's where that's where we're gonna hit the explicit for this uh, for this podcast already, uh, if we haven't hit it already. Uh, but I think it's I'm pretty sure yeah it's it's the it's one of the most famous American du- like races like in marathon history. It's a duel in the sunset, or duel in the sun, and it's him against uh, it was it was Alberto Salazar uh, winning the Boston Marathon. Uh, I he's a piece it? of dog shit, but uh, that race is iconic. Like that, like that race itself would be like the race itself. I think would be on the on the what's it called on Rushmore. Yeah, we can just like project the whole thing on the freaking mountain. Like we don't have any technological limitations like they did back when Mount Rushmore was erected. And I'm like, putting this Lisa the Lisa on this because I, I like him. It's cool. He he threw the X up. He did. He did <laughs> the X up like during him. the Olympics in 2016 because his country was being awful and had a protest and like it's awesome. Uh, post Boston, what do you guys? What what's the move post Boston? Because uh, don't do what I did and uh, fly out right after uh, right after Boston. It was a bad. Yeah, Tuesday flights. Tuesday. Go hang out on the harbor. At. Yeah, there's like, you know, you can just go exploring. Like, Boston is such a historical city. Like, even if you go there and you aren't running, like, there's just so much history there. Like, you walk into, like, churches and they just feel old. And, like, I like exploring graveyards. That's, like, my thing. And they have some great ones in Boston. Um, Boston Commons is really cool. Harvard Square is really cool. Um, If you can handle the... um the pace of the college kids <laughs> being kind of around there. Um, and yeah, the Harbor is a real cool place to go. Um, you can find boats that you can just go like, you know, do a little night tour on pretty cheap. Um, there are some, t- some like marathon tours and stuff that like put on boats on the Boston Harbor. And sometimes you can for a, l- a small fee, just like sneak onto their boat. Um, but yeah, definitely go eat, enough seafood that you'll explode and drink a beer as molly molly seidel oh the former boston resident would say drink a beer for me um drink a beer for molly and yeah i mean i would definitely go exploring i know you're gonna like your legs are gonna be trash from running a marathon especially with all those hills but like you know it's boston the city is just so cool so go explore don't just go sit in your hotel room and relax with your air boots like actually go do some stuff. yeah do uh seafood seafood there's also great beer out there trillium's out there as a beer guy trillium's there there is a treehouse just outside the city i believe do that and then night shift has a really cool beer that they're releasing that is just aesthetically pleasing because it's a tracksmith one i'll also go to tracksmith because uh trunks mouth you need to go there wait do you like i think beer? So. Do you like Sometimes. Miles? Hey, Fuck that's the name off. of the show. 
Also, Lulu. I'm Lulu sorry. Lemon, I, they do. I need um, to go to bed. They do like embroiders on the on clothes for Boston, which is really cool because they do like really Ooh. good stuff there too. Um, I, the year I did it, they did like the coordinates of the start line, and it says like Boston, which is cool. A fun hidden gem. Yeah, they did that for a lot of races in 2019. That's so cool. I love that. I have one from the Tokyo 10 or not Tokyo, uh, Toronto 10K. But the coordinates yeah. of the start line in Boston will be really, really sweet. One of my favorites go to um, Harpoon Brewery. And then there's this place called Legal Seafoods that's like right next door. It's just like this little hole in the wall shack. Really good seafood there. And um, that Harpoon Brewery, I think it's like one of the first Boston breweries or something. Um, mm-hmm. I like their beer. Got pretty drunk because they do give you very hefty samples. So that was fun. And then we had some flights after so that was a good time and uh what was i gonna say how am i blanking out oh we had a we had a question come in actually as we're doing this pod uh april asked uh yeah she asked if you could give just one tip for first time boston runner what would it be other than enjoy it Um, I would say the the big thing for me was the whole timing of like eating and that like I really like didn't think about it until the night before my first race but you're not running until pretty late than what you're used to so just try to think through that before you like for the night before Um, I ended up I think eating my bagel like on the bus and having coffee when I got there Um, but yeah you're your like morning is kind of really like spread out. So just like think through the logistics of like, I'm getting, I know it's going to be different this year, but like I'm getting on the bus at this time. It's like an hour ride out. Um, like I'm going to use the bathroom right when I get there, like those kind of things, just try to like, it's different than what you're used to. So um, just try to be like mindful of that and think through like what your plan is going to be. Yeah. And uh, Zach and I will go into detail about all the race specifics and all it, I guess the uh, logistics of like the day of uh, coming soon. But yeah, definitely like it's unlike any marathon. I think I, I'm not, I haven't done any of the other majors. Nicole, you can speak on it, but it just from this one, like it was completely different than your like run of the mill regional marathon that is typically like pretty like cut and dry like you go you you do your regular warm like you're doing like a 5k or 10k and then just get in corrals and you're ready to go like boston's not like that like boston doesn't work like any other marathon you you're used to it's like everything like i'm like for me i'm used to just like warming up being able to like go out and just do a full warm-up and like get a couple miles in and just or like get a get like 10 minutes of warm-up do my my plyos and just be ready to go like i'm doing a regular race day like Boston wasn't like that and it kind of freaked me out for a second I was like what the hell like I can't warm up like this is weird uh but yeah Nicole I mean again I've never actually finished the race so I'm not really sure what I did for Boston differently but um you know enjoy it is like probably my my go-to response but you said not enjoy it I would say um 
one of the things that kind of like helped me with you know planning out the course is like watching the course video um a few years ago they put together this video of the course I think it's narrated by Des maybe um and maybe some other people that have run maybe some other elite athletes and they kind of go through the entire course and I think like kind of like watching it and like actually sitting down and kind of like going through in your head um getting like those landmarks down because you have the unique um well it's not really like that unique because there are a lot of point-to-point courses but like it it genuinely is a point-to-point course like everything that you see you're not going to see again so like kind of soaking it all in like I think that for me it was like really good to to watch through it and see like okay this is about when I'm going to take my first gel because you know a lot of times when you run a marathon like you're so like wrapped up in the adrenaline of it all that you kind of just forget about like your fueling and like you know where you're where you are and like really soaking it all in but like watching the course video for me and like pointing out like okay once I see this church I'm gonna take a gel like it really kept me in the race and not locked to my watch um like you like you look down and it's like oh three miles first gel but like you know in the landmarks it's just you're taking everything in at the same time as you're like kind of remembering to do all your silly like in race like nutrition and your salt tabs and your gels and your soy sauce shots and all that stuff um a lot of majors do have something like that um I know that London also has a course driver um I'm pretty sure New York does too where they just kind of go through the entire course and I think that though like kind of studying like here's where I'm gonna be like this is where I should probably prepare to be you know maybe in a little bit of a dead zone or like like I don't know there aren't going to be as many people around probably through this spot because just how narrow the road is so I'm gonna have to like kind of be one with my thoughts here it I think it really helps you out mine is uh I don't know it's uh I'm not going into detail I guess more as like <clears throat> as we like as Zach comes on but um go slow <laughs> start slow start slow because uh yeah. it's 10 miles of downhill and you don't really feel it until it matters <laughs> Re- retweet uh, retweet <laughs> <laughs> and uh oh, oh i guess one thing i could just throw it is like uh don't uh don't uh be uh They'll be uh, like me and uh, drop your fastest mile when you get to the Wellesley Girls Scream Tunnel. Because you love attention from a lot of girls oh that are cheering for you. <laughs> I dropped the fucking... I, I think I dropped like 10 seconds faster than my previous mile. Like That was like 10 seconds faster than any of the miles that I ran when I went to the Wellesley Scream Tunnel. Because it was like, girls, great! I'm racing. I'm going to look... Uh, like It's like... All right, it's time to fix the form. Time to look like look like I'm just like oh, I'm like great running, and it's like nobody notices that you're running ten seconds faster. It could be like eight minute pace. It doesn't matter to anybody. But yeah, don't. I don't know. They're probably all checking out your butt. They probably all have signs. They're like, "Ooh, look at that butt! <laughs> look at that runner's butt!" Yeah, that'd be my 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 biggest uh, my biggest one right there. Uh, yeah, but, um, uh, any, any final thoughts from you guys as far as, like, 
Boston itself or anything that you feel like probably be great for anybody running Boston or coming back to Boston or anything like that? I don't know. I feel like I'm the most inexperienced Boston marathoner out of everyone that's currently on this podcast. Or but I do also think podcast. that you are also somebody that's but... like made the best out of like the actual trip itself. I think a yeah. lot of people go into the thoughts of yeah, just like, I mean... I've had people that just go out there and it's like, I'm here for race and that's it. And then like, don't really get to experience the actual weekend of it. Well, I know that like, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm injured at this point. So this is going to be the only marathon I've ever gone into where I am having absolutely no intentions of racing whatsoever. So like, I'm not trying to make this worse. My doctor said I can go ahead and do it as long as I don't pedal to the metal. So like, you know, everything that you've said here, I'm going to do the opposite of. So I'll let you know how that goes. <laughs> Being on my feet for too long, eating the wrong things. But, um, you know, I just, Boston, the Boston Marathon is more than just, you know, the race itself is, is just a race, but like the city is just really, really cool. Um, like out of all of the cities that I've been to in the U.S., Boston is definitely one of my top five. So just embrace your journey there um, and take everything in, even if it's not, you know, something on the course or something that's part of the run. You know, that was a lot of words just to say, have a freaking good time. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. Just having a good time. You already worked really hard to get here. Um, this is like your celebration piece. You know, you had your qualifying race, you trained your butt off to be at the race. So, you know, just take everything in around you um, and really enjoy it and take too many photos. Like that's, it's so fun. I still look back on like, my photo albums and like all the food I ate and all the things I did and um yeah it was just really fun I I love it it's it's just such a great city great race a lot of a lot of work goes into it um so yeah yeah <clears throat> echoing off what Keen said like the race itself besides like me blowing up uh isn't it all that memorable to me? Uh, the experience of seeing friends, meeting people, uh, is what brought me back. Um, like I was traveling around with a gentleman from Mexico City, and he was we were basically chaperoning him through and showing him through the entire weekend. And that's something that will stick with me for the rest of my life. I have a now kind of a lifelong friend now in Mexico City that we showed through and rode the bus together and it was such a cool experience and uh i think even as much as like i said like the boston marathon facebook groups or like even let's run can be kind of toxic there's like some good things that you could find from everything like instagram found me a ton of great people i mean it found you two guys it found like it found like a sig like I found Tyler, like, it found a lot of really cool people. And, like, it's funny how, like, once you start posting about running, going running marathon or running Boston or anything like that, like, how much, like, everybody's like, you're doing it too? Like, awesome, we might see you guys or we'll see you on the course or different things like that. There's kind of a camaraderie that comes with it. Um, 
like even just being like oh you're here like we're all gonna like if we see you we'll cheer for you like and that comes like with any marathon too like that's what's fun like everybody is like hey you're doing this we're all in this together and like let's have some fun with it and like if i see you like maybe we can work together or if we see each other like we'll cheer each other on there's not really a whole thing where it's like push you in the ground and give you go <laughs> but yeah i'd say like the general genuine camaraderie that comes with this community is probably kept me going to this and enjoying this so uh yeah i'd say that was that's probably the biggest thing for me is and not to say enjoy it but like like really embrace the community and uh community give a lot back it does tend to do that yeah any world marathon major weekend can be the best weekend of your life if you let it like, I, I mean, Tokyo, I mean, at London, I had people that I hung out with, but Tokyo, I really ran by myself. Um, but I would say out of all the majors, because uh, London, very much a UK race, UK traditions, UK people everywhere, Chicago, New York, very much United States races. Like, yeah, they're international runners, but it's mostly United States. This year's probably going to be a little bit different, but I would say that Boston and Tokyo are probably in the top races of all the majors that truly feel like they're international world marathon majors. Like you're like, I'm in a starting corral and there's somebody from Spain to my left, somebody from Italy to my right, somebody from Japan right in front of me. And here I am, this girl from Ohio. I mean, again, that's probably going to be different this year because so many people still are not allowed in and out of the country with COVID. Um, and like Boston has the limitations on international runners as well. But, you know, hopefully, hopefully knock on wood that COVID eventually calms down um, and we can go back to kind of having, you know, a world. Yeah, I would even say that like even coming into this one, like, uh, like going and like, I have a friend I guess like it's, I, I've never met him before, but like somebody that I've been chatting with on Instagram for like over a year and a half, like Thayer or Thayer from uh, Thayer from uh, for Palestine, he's coming out and like we had talked about what major, like it's like I'm thinking about doing uh, Chicago and I'm like, I'm doing Boston. It's like, it's like, you've qualified, you can do it. And it's like, I'm going to go and like, let's do this. And like he comments on a bunch of stuff of mine and like he's just like, this is just this very sweet guy. And I'm like, that's awesome. Like you get to meet people like with especially there's like there's a lot of cons of like this whole instagram thing but there's a lot of cool things too it's like being able to like it's these big races tend to be like kind of a reunion of the people that if you like the people that you really want to see and like it's pretty cool to have that like this community is so cool it's like i followed you on instagram or like even from like i've i remember after the race i saw like my old teammate Jaden who got in from like his running store let him in and then like two of the guys that are another two guys that I raced against in college and I'm like what the heck like we're all out here like in the like and it ends up being kind of a reunion of just people that like and and it's fun it's funny after a race it's like there's not really any kind of title to it like there's no status it's like you finish the race there's kind of like humility of like we got through it we did 26.2 and like we're exhausted and there's not like we all look like shit (laughs) 
Uh, and it's like, we're yeah. all in our like our little blanket thingies, and it's like, all right, like, hey, let's go enjoy ourselves now. We've done it. <laughs> or like, and it's it goes with any marathon, like. I need you guys to finish more of the majors so that we can have conversations about those two. Or, or you know, after my after I finally get the six star medal, we can come on and I can just you know instead of commandeering the whole conversation, you guys can just ask me questions <laughs> about the. I, I'm I'm going to be doing Chicago next year uh, for the American Development Program, and then from there I'll go for uh, the other ones. Um, but yeah. Yeah, the foreign ones. Oh, you can probably get in. It's just london is going to be a little harder but i can help you find a good charity that you only have to raise like 50 i think it's like low 220s i could probably get into most i can only hope probably not london though maybe i don't know i don't know if they would let you into like the elite we'll play we'll we'll play the games we'll see maybe (laughs) but yeah um i think uh, i think we're uh i think we're all talked out today and uh uh yeah um So Ray's getting ready for bed. Yeah, we're gonna have Ray's getting ready for bed. I heard a I heard a heard a Theo Ray's meowing asleep. like about a, like thirty minutes ago. Yeah, he's, he's uh, not I think. I don't know how to Theo put this around, but there he is. Ready for bed. Oh, hi Theo. <laughs> he's like, let's go. Uh, but we have. Where's the butthole? But, <laughs> the but before butt. we get to anything like any of our excitement. We have Keen that's going to be uh, throwing down in our marathon this weekend. So uh, if he, this will go out before Keen's marathon. So if you guys are listening and anything like that, shoot her a uh, shoot her a good luck because um, she's going to kill it. She's been working really hard. Go bombard yeah. her with good luck. She has trained her ass off. I have personally been there for several workouts, and she just like fucking crushed it. Even when there was some adversity, so she isn't gonna go smash the hell out of this. I'm thing. nervous. I'm, so yeah, I'm ready. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying like spam the fuck out of uh, out of her uh, her story and mention her and say good luck, good luck, good luck. <laughs> I'm not saying that. Pan- exactly. I'm not. That is exactly I'm not saying that pancakes. Saying. <laughs> <laughs> you can always count on pancakes uh, for that. I love it. Pancakes. I here's here's the thing is that. I'm going to need you to Photoshop all of us on a stack of pancakes and Keen as a glass of wine in one photo, and that can be a nice little good luck photo. Yes. This is going to be stupid. This is going to be stupid. That is amazing. <laughs> uh, I can almost, can almost hate myself for that suggestion. You, 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 know, you, caught, you, started, you, you created a monster. It's happening. It's I can't take it back. But yeah, um, I think uh, I think two. You guys need to go to bed. Or yeah, we have three, a four. Quick, you guys quick need to go word to bed. from our sponsor, Cherry Bundy. <laughs> yeah, I just drink my Cherry Bundy too. It's pure concentrate. It's actually pretty I was good. Wondering what you're like Keen and I love cherries. Yeah, <laughs> so good. Yeah. I. Oh my god. I hate cherries. I'm yes. sorry. No. Uh, well, <laughs> we can bring know. back. Uh, we can bring back Nicole because it's Nicole again as like a. Yeah, we're not. Yeah. we're not accepting that. <laughs> Make Nicole Jeez. great again. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, well, yeah. Thanks, guys, for joining. Do we need to do our sign-offs, or do we just hang up? Okay. 
Well, uh, actually, let's let's do that. Um, so, if you want to follow, um, if you want to follow me, follow me at uh, Beers and Miles, uh, BeersandMiles dot com. I'll put something up. It's been months, but I'll put finally put something up on the uh, the race that I did in Pennsylvania like a month and a half ago because <laughs> like I actually really enjoyed it. Um, and then also I'll put something up pre Boston. Uh, I have a lot of type of type, so I have a lot of fun with that. Uh, you guys like the podcast? You guys enjoyed this? Do you have any topic ideas? Send it to beersandmiles at gmail.com. Uh, that's beersandmiles at gmail.com. If you guys like the podcast, send uh, five star reviews, nice comments on um, on iTunes, and if uh, yeah, share the podcast on your story and uh, tag us because then I can share you guys and I can actually appreciate it uh, what you guys are doing. Uh, Nicole, where can they follow you? You can't. I'm pretty much off social media for a minute. Um, so, you know, I'm I'm injured and didn't want to give myself the comparison trap. So, um, Nicole Renner will be back eventually. Um, if you're really, really, really close to me and we've met in person and we hung out all the time and we're pretty much besties, you can follow my personal account. I probably already followed you. But, you know, in the interim... I'll just be cheering you on through this podcast. Maybe that's why I haven't been able to shut up today because I haven't like had anybody to bombard with my <laughs> annoying running stuff on my running Instagram. So, you know, before the next podcast, maybe it'll come back. So I'll actually shut up next time. Keen, what can I follow you? You can follow me on Instagram at Keen underscore for a run. Um, also on Twitter, but I don't really tweet. So I just like to follow people on Twitter. And then you can follow me on Strava, Katie Keenan. And then you can follow Zach at Zachary Ornelas. Uh, that is Z A C H Ornelas. And you can actually see Z A C H. And maybe you can see, and you can maybe see uh, pictures of uh, Kaya the Husky Floof. Kaya the Husky Floof is a good follow. Kaya, Kaya and Ray are following each other, and it's very cute. They have a little oh. friendship, it's adorable. Yeah, uh, definitely give him a follow. He's going to be uh, running Chicago. Uh, so we got a crazy schedule for all of us. We have uh, Keen this weekend. We have uh, Zach at Chicago. Uh, he's been ripping and uh, could be seeing some minutes off or already fast PR. Uh, then you have myself and Nicole over at Boston just having a ball. And uh, then from there, we have Columbus. We have some of our friends are going to be doing Columbus, including a future guest that's going to be doing the half marathon. Um, well, Brooksy. So he's going to be doing it as well. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, you guys are in for a treat over the next couple of weeks as far as, like, uh, post-race uh, post, uh, recaps, uh, updates in general, and, uh, yeah, and just content. We haven't been doing it for a while. So, yeah, thanks, guys, for listening. See ya. Bye.